0: Welcome back to season three of the Sex Life Unleashed podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen DeWitt, and this season we're going to be doing a deep dive on what it takes to remove the taboo that's been there for too long. We're going to strive to normalize these conversations and seek out those places where these conversations can be so helpful and transformative. We're going to rethink kink and everything that comes along with it. Let's go. Every second Tuesday, we come at you answering all of your questions this episode is an exciting one for me because I gotta tell you I've been sick for the last probably 10 days so this is the first time I'm doing any kind of work so I'm excited to be sharing it with you in this episode we talk about what happens when you can't orgasm when you're with a partner and when you're falling in love but with your first love when you're still married what do you do how are you supposed to work through that And so many more questions that you've shared with me. If you do have more questions, please reach out to me. I'll leave a link in the show notes, or you can click the bio in my Instagram and get at me that way. I'm always here to support you. I'm Dr. Stephen DeWitt. Let's jump in with our first question. I'm a female and have a hard time finishing with my boyfriend. I put a lot of pressure on myself and I get in my head. Do you have any tips? Yes, absolutely. And when you say I have a hard time finishing, I think that's orgasming. So let's talk about that because there's two things that stick out is one, putting a lot of pressure on yourself and two, getting up in your head. When you put pressure on yourself for any reason in a sexual situation, or if anybody else puts pressure on you in a sexual situation, it doesn't allow your body to relax and have that natural, beautiful response of having an orgasm. The places to start would be how do you release that pressure? that's there for you. Why is that pressure there for you? Why is it so important? Or why do you feel like you have to orgasm? And then there's the place of like, with other partners, have you orgasmed? If you've had other partners or when you're by yourself, do you orgasm? Does that come easier to when you're by yourself? So often women have on themselves to perform, to show up a particular way. With your boyfriend, there may be pressure from him being like, I need to make you come, or I've made all my past partners come, or there's something tied up in his masculinity or sexual identity that he needs to make you come. And so that can be weird and awkward and and uncomfortable and experiencing pressure as well. So I would do some thinking, I would do some writing about where that pressure comes from. Why are you putting pressure on yourself? What happens if you don't orgasm? What are you afraid of? Judgment, upsetting your partner, feeling like inadequate or broken in some way, shape or form, and then do some more digging about like, well, where does that come from? Because there is nothing wrong with not orgasming when you're with a partner or not even orgasming when you're by yourself or not orgasming ever. Some people never orgasm and have an amazing sex life. Starting to pull apart where that pressure comes from and doing some work on that. And how to alleviate some of that pressure on yourself. Because when you are relaxed, when you are enjoying yourself, when you are in that good space, that's when orgasms show up. And orgasms arise from that that relaxed, sexy, sexual space that you're in. Not if you're putting pressure on yourself. Now, the other thing of getting in your head right? And that's the the world of of contemplating and analyzing what's going on rather than being actually present in the moment with your partner, because that's where you want to be. So there are some things that you can do to get yourself present. So number one is just breathing, just breath work, and focusing on your breathing, and slowing things down. So what I mean by that is, Sometimes we get so caught up in what sex looks like and following the same kind of things and like being on the same trajectory. And sometimes it's okay just be like, Hey, can we slow down for a second? Right. And sometimes when you have slow down and just either you touch your partner slowly or your partner touches you and just focus on that area, there's something called sensate focus. It's the sensation of often we'll touch our partners for their pleasure, but sensate focus is shifting. The context is Touching your partner for your pleasure. So it's actually feeling your partner's skin, the little bumps, the terrain of their skin, maybe the little hairs on the pads of your fingers. And just focusing on that area really, really slowly and touching as lightly and as slowly as you can. And that brings the head down out of the clouds and just has you be present with your partner. So that's what I'd offer about relieving some of the pressure and getting out of your head and just enjoying it. The other thing that I'd, I'd say is why not have created intentionally, hey, let's have sex and I'm not going to orgasm. Like that's the purpose. So you just throw off all that pressure that you put on yourself and be like, no, this isn't, this isn't what this is about. And I would really encourage you to, you know, sex isn't about orgasm. Sex is about so much more and can be, equally, if not more pleasurable without orgasms. And listen, I'm not anti-orgasms. Orgasms are great, but just for the cause of alleviating that pressure for you, just create that. And then always talk to your partner, see where they're at with orgasms and when you're together. All right. So hopefully that's helpful. Okay. On to the next question. Recently reconnected with an old first love online messenger. Married woman here, falling back in love with my first again. Okay, so I can see how that is a challenging situation. And the easy place to go to is to be like, well, that's wrong and stop doing that. And you're a bad person, All right? There's lots of people that are out there that are going to say that. I would invite you to think about why you are looking to have that connection with your first love. What's underneath that? What's missing from your marriage that you're looking to satisfy elsewhere? And it may be like, I don't know, I want to feel wanted. I want to feel important. I want to feel sexy. I want to feel whatever those are for you. And start looking at why those aren't present in your marriage. And then have a conversation and talk to your partner Talk to your husband about it and talk to the person, your first love that you're talking to. Let's be responsible. We're adults, right? And so we can talk about things and put things out there. And I mean, obviously your safety is important first and foremost. With your, your first love, you could be like, hey, listen, this is what I'm feeling right now. And... This isn't aligned with my life right now. I don't know how far away or what the difference is between your first love and you, but you know, you can just own it when you shine, like you heard that sunshine is the great disinfectant. So it doesn't hold that shame or that guilt when you can actually just talk about it. And there's nothing wrong with falling in love. There's nothing wrong with being sexually attracted to someone. There is something wrong with when you start acting on those, or that starts impacting and influencing your relationship with your husband in a negative way. So that's what I'll, I'll, I'll start off with. The other side of the equation is, you know, lots of people design the relationships that work for them. So as I said, you start out and you start asking those questions like, what's missing that I have satisfied in this online messenger relationship that I have with my first love that's missing from my partnership? And lots of people Multiple partners, they design relationships so different parts of themselves can be honored and satisfied with different partners. Now that may not be you, you may be monogamous and this is the right way and this is the only way. That's cool too. Nothing wrong with that. But if you do have that opportunity to talk to someone, to be able to expand The definition of what your relationship is with your husband to include another person or other people and then be really clear about what those parameters are that you explore this relationship with your first love i always like to look at how do we be responsible how are we honest how are we in communication how are we respectful in all relationships but do some of that self-work do some of the deeper things Sometimes we get caught up in this uh, this kind of Disney-esque version of love of like, oh, I'm in love and I can't control things and I'm so swept away. No. hit hey, pause. You're an adult. Have some conversations. Be responsible and figure out something that works for you and your primary partnership with your husband and then have real conversation, real adult conversations with your first love and be able to move from that in the direction that works for you and your husband or works for you, your husband and your first love. All right. Cool. All right. Let's go. Oh, this one, this one's good. I'm a brand, I'm in a brand new relationship where everything is seemingly perfect. We are 36 and 37 years. Intimacy has been very passionate and wonderful. He has been on medication, which has made maintaining an erection challenging. However, he has assured me that this is temporary and I'm being patient. When we do share intimacy, however, he has never initiated going down on me. He just fingers me until I get off, whereas I'm always giving him blowjobs. He already feels inadequate about erect- his erectile issues, so how do I bring this up without being critical or potentially making things worse? Not going down on me would honestly be the biggest intimacy killer for me. I love to go down and will offer it anytime, day or night, but I get resentful quickly and refuse to do it again if he doesn't care to please me. Okay. I get the situation. Thank you for being so thorough. There's two things that I invite you to separate them. There's one is his ego and his erectile challenges. And then there's your pleasure and your sexual being being honored. Those are two separate things. And I think it's it's really great that you're coming from a place of compassion and wanting to make sure that you don't upset him or, you know, make him feel inadequate. But he's a big boy. Okay. He's... 37, 36 years old, sometimes you just got to be real. You can have a conversation and make it about you. Make it about your pleasure. Make it about what feels good for you rather than what's inadequate for him because no one can argue with your truth. So it could be sitting down and having a conversation with him, and you could just open it up about how you want to have a conversation about your sex life because you're committed to having an amazing sex life. And start off by asking him, hey, what are the things that really turn you on? What are the things that you want to go ahead? Listen, take notes, figure that stuff out. And then you can share, hey, well, these are the things that really turn me on. And these are the things that I really love to do. And I'd love to explore. Right. And you can say one of them is I love it if you went down on me. And then just have another, you know, four or five things. Don't just say that because you feel like you sprung a trap on him. And then just be like, what are your thoughts on that? And find out what's there for him. You know, maybe he's scared of it. Maybe, you know, we can make up all sorts of stories about it. We can make up all sorts of ideas about why he doesn't like the the sight, the taste, the smell, like we can go into all that other kind of stuff. And I invite you to just set that aside and deal with the reality, respect the reality of what's going on and actually just ask him, just be like, you know, this is something I really like. And I, I noticed that's something that you haven't been into. And I just want to check in with you about why that may be so I can have a better understanding. And he's going to say whatever he's going to say. And it could be something really easy. And it could be really something that's really simple. Or it couldn't be. But if this is a deal breaker for you, let's have that conversation sooner rather than later. Because if he's like, no, I don't do that. That's disgusting or whatever. You got to be like, okay, peace out, right? And bounce. But if you create that safe space to have those conversations, learn about each other, your likes, your dislikes, your turnoffs, your turn ons, that is the place to actually bring this up in a way that you can get to the bottom of it, find out what's really going on for him. And then either create something that works for the both of you, or be like, okay, thank you for sharing I, that gives me some things to think about, and give yourself some time and then if it feels that it's not right then get back to him and be like, Hey, I don't think that we're sexually compatible. And and I wish you all the best and believe in yourself that there is that right person for you. There is lots of the right sex for you out there. And specifically the right sex for you doesn't have to be the right sex for anybody else. There may be someone who's watching this, like, I don't care if a guy goes down on me, I'm not comfortable with that. Hook me up with your guy, right? We don't know. But There is plenty of the sex that you enjoy out there. So don't settle because going into a relationship and especially if there's something that's brand new, it's good to be able to observe these red flags early so it doesn't cause massive issues later on. Cool. Question number four, are people I kissed slash made out with slash heavy petted with part of my body count? I have not had intercourse, but have done this with them. Are they part of my body count? Okay. So if you ever watched this before, the term body count is something that irks me. Body count is, I find it so derogatory and so negative and and violent. Like body count is people you've killed. Body count was also an album by Ice-T that came out in the 90s. But it's just such like a harsh, like I've, I've, I fucked this person and then I've left them in the past type of energy around it. Like it's so gross. It's so, I find it so disrespectful to the, the sacredness of actually sharing your body with somebody else. I would highly encourage you to come up with other terminologies that's not so disrespectful and dismissive to people that you've had sex with. To get to the just of your question. So you've kissed, made out, heavy petted. Does that count as people that I've had sex with? I would say generally, no, it doesn't. And what I say generally, if we look at what sex is, quote unquote, that would be more in the realm of genitals involved in some way, shape, or form. And that doesn't look like that is the situation there, right? But I think generally, if we did a survey And asked people, does this count? They would say, no, that doesn't count as past lovers of yours. That counts as people that you've made out with, that you've had fun with, but not people that you've had sex with. And so my thoughts on that. Okay. Question number five. What can I do to help premature ejaculate? Great question. I get it a lot. Probably once a month, someone calls me and is freaking out because they come too soon. Let's backtrack. A little bit. First of all, it's very normal. It's very common. And it happens to the majority of penis owners, myself included. I remember the first time I had sex, I probably orgasmed like eight times in like a two minute time span combined. And I remember my first girlfriend, like months later, had to have a conversation with me and was like, hey, Steven, so let's talk about this. And it was super confronting and super uncomfortable. But she, but she was right. There's nothing that I could say it was the reality. And I was just being selfish because it was the first time I had sex. I don't like to call it premature ejaculation. I like to call it early ejaculation. Premature has such a like a negative connotation, a very clinical kind of thing. And it's just like early jack. you come sooner than you want to, or you come sooner than your partner wants. And if we step back and think about the origins of that, usually as a penis owner, we're exploring by ourselves sexually first. And usually we are trying to orgasm as quickly as possible because we don't want to get caught, right? So there's this pattern of how we try an orgasm, which is, hey, let's, let's make this happen as quickly as possible. Maybe some people are jerking off for like an hour in this luxurious time that you have. No, we're, you know, in our early teens, don't want to get caught and want to come because it feels amazing and clean it up as quickly as possible. So we don't get caught. Now fast forward into when we're with a partner, then there's this patterning that I have of orgasming, but then it's like, oh my goodness, I am with a human being. Like this is like what I've been dreaming about, what I've been fantasizing about, what I've been masturbating about. And like, oh my God, it's actually here. And you're so excited and you're so worked up and you come really quickly. So there's some things that that you can do to last longer. The first of it First of all, is just giving yourself the permission that this is happening right now it doesn't make you a bad person. Again, it's so common. And if you can be kinder to yourself, that actually goes a long way. Some interesting things to think about is how you can stop or slow down that arousal process. So, one of the things that I recommend is when you are by yourself and you are pleasuring yourself is have a scale from like one to 10. So 10 is when you're orgasming, one is when you're just beginning to get turned on. And it's count in your head, like when you're at like, okay, this is a seven, then get as close to a 10 as you can, then come back down and get close and then come back down. And when you start developing that self-awareness for yourself, you can then take that into the bedroom or the bathroom or the shower, or wherever you are when you're having sex with a partner. So you develop your sexual self-awareness. And so when you get to a seven, you're like, okay, uh, I don't want to go any further because that's like, or eight or a nine, because that's past the point of, of no return. And then you orgasm. So developing that awareness and having some control over that is super important. The other thing you can focus on is your breathing and slowing down your breathing. That can often, it's a way of telling your body that you don't have to be so excited and so worked up. Another thing that's interesting is if you or your partner can actually pull your scrotum with your testicles in it down. Because when you're ready to orgasm, your testes like come up uh, in firing position, if you want to call it that. So actually keeping them down actually prevents you from orgasming. The other thing you could do is, is use the pinch method. And so it's just under the head of the penis with your finger and then the back of the penis and you just pinch and pinch hard. And that brings down your arousal and is very very helpful and you can do that right the other thing is it doesn't have to be this rush to the finish line like oh there's penetration 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 until mutual orgasm stop slow down use your mouth use your hands use your toys take a break go pee grab some tea do a massage whatever but break it up it doesn't have to be this okay penetration 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 this is what it is sex can be so much more than penetration and can be really really enjoyable. So those are the things that you can do to work with your early ejaculation. And so you can come when you want and when your partner wants. hope that's helpful. Okay, last one. Where are we here? Okay, so my husband and I have a great relationship and sex life, but there are two other people I seem to be sexually attracted to. One is an old crush from high school and the other is a friend from a prior job. Whenever I happen to be around them, only one to two times each year, so not so often, I get flush, feel my girl parts get aroused, and think about the enjoyment of taking them in me. There's no flirting or anything, it just happens automatically. It's a nice feeling, but also makes me feel a bit a bit guilty afterwards. Please help. So I love how <laughs> you call it your girl parts. Okay. I love it. That's that's I get like well, I'm picking up what you're putting down. So There is a world of uh, expectation around, hey, when I have a partner and you're married, you have a husband, that I have these blinders on, right? And I'm never going to be attracted to someone. I'm never going to be turned on by someone. I'm never going to appreciate anybody as a sexual being. And I should not have these feelings for myself if that does happen, right? My girl parts should not be reacting the way they should. That's just not how life works. And it's okay. The physiology of your body is getting sexually aroused, right? You're getting wet, you're getting turned on, you're getting flush, whatever that looks like for you. And that is okay. That is how you as a human were built is when there is attraction, when there is that desire, your body responds that way. Does that mean that you're going to act on it. Does that mean that you're a bad person? Does that mean that you're going to hell? Does that mean you're a slut? Does that mean blah, blah, blah? No, it doesn't. It means that you're a healthy, functioning human being. It, it doesn't mean anything other than that. And it doesn't have to go any further than that. I could just be like, oh, okay, that's hot. And maybe go home and have sex with your husband or maybe go home and masturbate. That's super cool. It doesn't have to go any further. It doesn't mean that you're going to cheat on your husband or that you don't love your husband or that your sex life is lacking with your husband doesn't mean any of that stuff it just means you're a normal human being and I'd offer you to have some compassion for yourself and maybe expand the rigidity that you hold yourself to because i can hear in the background shame or guilt or or fear of what that actually means. And it doesn't have to be there. It's just, it's okay. It doesn't, you're a mature, responsible adult. It doesn't mean if your girl parts are getting excited that you're like, oh my God, I can't control myself. You got to pull the reins back or you're going to ravish these two men. No, it's okay. Be kind to yourself. All right. So lately I saw a post about a club that people come there to have sex in front of other people and they really want to try this. Is that wrong? Is that something that I should not do? Okay, cool. You're talking about sex clubs. I have a boyfriend that would not flow on that idea. And I feel really curious about that. Like I'm thinking about it all the time. Is that so wrong to want to try this? No, it's not wrong to want to try this. And there are sex clubs and you can go to sex clubs and not have sex. I know. Strange, right? You have this fantasy, you've never been, you have this fantasy of like, oh my God, going to sex clubs and people having sex in front of other people and like, holy smokes. You can go with a friend and just observe and just check out the vibe. See if you like the place. See if you like the people. See if you like the staff. See if you like the drinks. See if you like the environment, the energy, the setup, the layout. And you can go and then be like, oh shit, I do not want to do that. Or maybe like, F yes, I want to do that. And then that's a conversation to have, With your boyfriend it's setting up these things where you can explore the things that turn you on and that excite you and you can respect you know the sanctity of the relationship and the the understanding that you and your partner have together but i always say like don't shut things down have conversations call up the club and be like hey I've never been before, I'm coming for my first time. Sometimes they have like newbie nights or sometimes they have newbies come earlier and they have a wonderful staff member that will take you around and show you the different rooms and show you the different protocols and show you and talk to you about if someone approaches you and how to say no and if you wanna approach someone, how to do that. Boom, and that brings another episode to a close. Hope you enjoyed my answers to those questions. I always love talking to you. If you do have more questions, You can click the link in my bio on Instagram, Dr. Dwight, D-R-D-E-W-I-T, or click the show notes below and let me know what's on your mind. And if you want to work with me one-on-one and really get to the source of any kind of challenges, issues, or struggles that you're having in your sex life, I am here to support you as well. You can reach out to me the same ways. I will see you in two weeks and remember the more we understand about ourselves and each other the less we have to fear the more love is here so here's to happy days and living a sex life unleashed